0: Senators continue to debate a new relief bill to deal with fallout from the Chinese flu, or Wu flu, or Kung flu, or Flu flu Manchu, or Chinese act of bacteriological warfare, or as they call it in Hollywood, thank you for the COVID-19, Mr. Producer, sir. The Republicans are offering a bill that would provide stimulus for damaged businesses and allow workers to return to their jobs. The Democrats conversely are proposing a bill that would pay each worker $2,000 more than his highest salary to stay home in order to prevent anyone from going to work and recovering his dignity as a human being when they haven't even finished watching the entire catalog of videos on Pornhub. The Democrats then proposed to gather up all the make-believe trillions of dollars they've been spending on useless garbage for the last 27 years, set it on fire, and use the flames to burn down every city in the country while blaming it on the evil principle of whiteness that has stifled the hopes and dreams of every black man in their imaginations. The Democrat bill would further impose an indefinite moratorium on singing in church praying at home, yearning for human freedom, experiencing individual joy, and anything else that gets in the way of the government's complete control of every corner of the known universe. In a speech made while hanging upside down from the Capitol Rotunda, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer demanded that Republicans add a measure to the relief bill that would defund all police protection across the country so that mostly peaceful murderers, rioters, and looters might exercise their First Amendment right to drive the nation into chaos and destruction. With that said, Schumer spread two leathery wings, erupted into white-hot flame, and flew out the window, accompanied by enormous bats with the faces of shrieking women, before they all vanished in a green explosion of sulfuric smoke. Republicans said they would consider Schumer's proposal and seek to reach a compromise bill. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Claven, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. I'm the hunky-dunky. Life is tickety-boo, birds are winging, also singing, hunky-dunkety-doo, ship-shaped, ipsy-topsy, the world is a zing it's a wonderful day, hoorah, hooray, it makes me want to sing, oh, hurrah hooray, hooray, oh, hooray, hurrah! All right. We are back bringing you tomorrow's news today and telling you about yesterday's news, which is now today's news because we have to catch up. Go on the Andrew Claven YouTube channel and subscribe. It's the only place where you will always get all my openings, uh, despite uh, the terrible, terrible things that I say that I should have been canceled for long ago. We will also pre- uh, read your uh, comments if you leave a comment. And it's you know, even reasonably intelligent, we will elevate the the matter of the show by reading it on the air. Here's one by Death by Ego, who says, "My greatest fear isn't dying; it's voting, <laughs> voting Democrat when I'm dead." That uh, does that is one of the punishments of hell. You know, they have Tantalus, where you can't uh, eat, and they have that thing where you push a rock uphill, and that thing where you just continue uh, voting Democrat for all eternity. Uh, This week, I've been talking about what you might call the lost wisdom of Christianity, or you might even call it the lost content of Christianity, the truths we knew as a culture but have forgotten as we've forgotten our God. My goal is not to convince anyone to have faith. God forbid I should save your soul and leave less nachos in heaven for me. My goal is only to remind you that everything this culture has of value is built on a pedestal that the left is trying very hard to remove. On Monday, I talked about our God-given rights, that they're pre-political, not subject to the whims of government or corporations. And yesterday, I talked about understanding the sinful nature of man, which helps protect us against virtue signaling and personal attacks on our founders for their sins. Today, a friendly reminder that Jesus Christ never once said... He would make the world a better place. You can go through the Gospels. You can't find that anywhere. Instead, Jesus promises that if you follow his doctrines of love and truth, the world will do its best to crucify you. The world sucks. Jesus is an alternative to the world. This is important wisdom. The world, meaning the way societies and people behave, does not get better ever. During times of peace and prosperity and when technology and medicine wonderfully improve our lives, it's easy to forget that people remain exactly the same as they've always been. If you remove the restraints of society, if you remove the habits of cultural tradition, if you remove the police, you get exactly what you have in the jungle, the strong over the weak George Orwell's boot stomping on a human face forever. As we see in every autonomous zone that has been set up in every Democrat city in the country, and and that they're being defended by lawless Democrat governors and mayors and congressmen, where society withdraws, women become property, property gets trashed, and calls for freedom turn to acts of enslavement. That's why Jesus never never once recommended revolutionary action. He only recommended that customs and laws be informed by a personal sense of love of God and neighbor, and the truth be defended to the death. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, Jesus said, and render unto God what is God's. And leaders and revolutionaries both have been trying to erase the second half of that sentence ever since. All right, let us talk about Hero Health, a new sponsor who we welcome. It really is a great idea. Hero is your medicine cabinet reinvented. It's a Hero pill dispenser, sorts all your daily medications and delivers them all with the push of a button. If medication isn't taken, the Hero app will send a notification to you, a family member or caregiver so a dose is never missed. Hero makes it simple and easy to make sure you or your loved ones stay on track and get the right meds at the right time every time. Your Hero membership includes the app, the pill dispenser, and 24-7 support for just a dollar a day. Hero even has an optional service that delivers medication directly to your door. Never miss a dose again and always have peace of mind with Hero. Right now, if you go to HeroHealth.com Claven you'll get 50% off initiation fee and a 30-day risk-free trial with a money-back guarantee. That's HeroHealth.com Claven to start your membership with 50% off and a 30-day free trial. Don't forget, that's HeroHealth.com slash This reminds you to take Take your meds and also reminds you how you spell Claven. You were too <laughs> smart to be acting this dumb. <laughs> it's K-L-A-V-A-N. You'd be surprised. You would be surprised how many letters I still get that say K-L-A-V-E-N. It's absolutely true. And they're, th- those are the ones that aren't joking with me. You know... From Tyler O'Neill of PJ uh, Media writes an article. He says, Amid the lawless iconoclasm uh, following in the wake of the horrific police killing of George Floyd, Black Lives Matter vandals defaced a statue of Jesus in Whitefish, Montana, and vandals with an unknown motive decapitated and dislodged a Jesus statue at a Catholic church in the Miami area. This is happening actually around the country. A lot of uh, Jesus statues are being defaced. And meanwhile, he says, at the same time, the Chinese Communist Party is mandating that citizens who receive Received any benefits from the government due to the coronavirus pandemic have to tear down crosses and statues of Jesus, replacing them with statues of Chairman Mao Zedong and President Xi Jinping. Jinping. These efforts both involve a stifling Marxist orthodoxy in targeting Christians. In China, Christians who receive government benefits have found themselves pressured to give up their faith. Uh, And and of course, Jesus and Christianity have faced loud condemnations from Black Lives Matter movement in the United States. Last month, Black Lives Matter leader and former Bernie Sanders surrogate Sean King called for the demolition or removal of all statues, murals, and stained glass windows of white Jesus, as he called them, and his European mother and their white friends. Now, I just point this out. I just point this out. Christianity is the world's most oppressed religion. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Nobody cares how you pray. Nobody cares that you pray. They care who you're praying to, right? Because only Christianity teaches us that no man can save us, that all societies and forms of government can become oppressive, and that systems can't protect us without Belief in God, without belief that our rights come from God, without understanding that people are no good, they are broken inside and sinful, and without understanding the complete integrity uh, of the individual. Uh, You know, the German philosophers, when they were trying to restore the goodness of Christianity, without preaching Christianity, without bringing back the Catholic Church, they talked about the fact that a person is uh, not a means, a person is an end. You are an end. You are the point. You are the point. The point is not the government. The point is not the good of society. Society is never going to be good. It's never going to be good. You are the point. And I think it's just worth discussing. I think we really have got to start discussing how we're going to redefine our country, not as a Christian country. I don't think that's the point. I think the founders were very clear that they didn't want government to choose a religion. But the fact that we do have a God, he does have a nature. He did endow us with rights. So that is what we know about our God. He is not the God of some sects of Israel. Islam, who doesn't endow us with any rights at all, who just wants to dominate us and we, he wants us to submit. He is a God who endows us with rights, and that should be included maybe uh, in our Constitution. That may be something we should look, look at going forward. So yesterday, um, th- there are now lines being very clearly drawn between the people who believe that law and order matters, that we have to enforce the law, that we can't have people rioting in the cities, and Democrats. Who are basically telling us that this is what freedom looks like. You know AOC and that whiny little voice of hers is always going, well, This is what freedom looks like. Well, this is what the left is literally saying. And if by the way, as I said yesterday, if these people believe that free speech is rioting into facing property and running around with masks, all dressed in black and with those batons that they you know that they can extend like an antenna and whip anybody they don't like. I defy any Democrat leader, seriously, I defy any Democrat leader to walk in that crowd with a MAGA hat, wearing a MAGA hat, which is free speech in this country, right? That's because it's supporting the president of the United States. If you walk into that area with a MAGA hat, I just want to see what happens to you and then come back and tell me that it's free speech, and then come back and tell me that it's democracy. You know, uh, in, interestingly, the, uh, here's, here's, let me just read Joe Biden, what Joe Biden is saying. This is from, uh, the Washington examiner. Joe Biden released a statement accusing law enforcement of brutally attacking peaceful protesters around the federal courthouse in Portland. These are this is the story that federal officers are taking demonstrators, looters, rioters off the street, these threatening thugs who have taken over Portland. They're taking them off the street and uh, either questioning them and releasing them or arresting them. The federal officers, uh, Joe Biden says, are operating without a clearly defined mandate or authority. Biden said in a statement, they're trying to stoke the fires of division in this country. And Trump, meanwhile, says that he will be sending federal officers into Chicago and perhaps other cities run by Democrats. And by the way, by the way, I just want to say this just happened before I came on the air uh, or just was announced before I came on the air. Bill de Blasio in New York says I'll sue if he sends in uh, if he sends in federal troops and then sent in the police to clean out the Chaz in New York. They just wiped it out, completely removed it out from in front of City Hall, where it's been sitting there for weeks. And so, basically, Trump, as as he did in Seattle, just Trump's threat that he was going to send in law enforcement, made Bill de Blasio this absolutely anti-freedom communist slob of a mayor, one of the wor- the worst mayor in the city, the worst mayor I've ever seen, actually, who has who's not in prison yet. Some of them have actually already been carted away. But this is the worst mayor I've ever seen, Bill de Blasio. He has taken... Giuliani's and and Bloomberg's beautiful city, this beautiful city that they dragged out of the Democrat machine and sent it right back to hell where it was 30 years ago. It's just it really is a shame. It was a beautiful city. All right. So now we have Bill de Blasio uh, and Joe Biden saying this is awful that we shouldn't do this. And here what the Democrats say, of course, the media says this is the way the media is covering the riots and the violence and the attempt by federal officers to bring it to an end in Portland.
1: Tonight, the mayors of several big cities, including New York and Chicago, are warning the president not to send federal officers to patrol their streets. The mayors are alarmed by the ongoing violence in Portland, Oregon, where protesters have battled for weeks with police and officers from the Department of Homeland Security.
0: This unnamed protester says he collected some of the spent ammunition.
1: What was it like when they all came out there? War, literal war, except you can't fire back on your enemy. Among those gassed,
0: ER doctor Sharon Myron,
1: who's also a county
2: commissioner.
3: What the Trump administration calls anarchy, sort of what we call democracy.
1: David, the protests start out peacefully here every night and then gradually turn into chaos. The mayor tells me that it's the presence and actions of federal law enforcement agents that have led to an increase in violence and vandalism.
0: That's a woman for ABC, that last one, Kano Whitworth. She should be called Kano Whitless because the mayor is the person who hasn't had control of his city for seven weeks. The mayor told me, oh, the mayor told me the mayor has let that city devolve into chaos for seven weeks. And really, you know, here's the thing. If even one block of a city is in chaos, it's the mayor's responsibility to clean it up. Ted Cruz is introducing a. an act into the Senate to basically say that now if your business is destroyed, you can get three times the damages from it if the mayor was responsible for keeping that violence out and didn't do his job. That woman in there, the ER doctor, who was also part of the, uh, the city council, she says, oh, you call this anarchy, but it's really democracy. How is it democracy? How is it democracy? What Greek on earth would know, call it democracy to have a bunch of thugs running around your city? That has nothing to do with democracy. Democracy requires order. Democracy requires law. It requires people to be able to peaceably speak their mind. I dare that woman. I dare her to wear a MAGA hat into that crowd. I dare her to go in and say something that they disagree with. She would be beaten senseless. And if she lived in one of these Chaz areas, she would be used as property the way all Uh, All women are eventually used in places where there's no law and order. Anybody who's weak gets used that way by by thugs when there's no law and order. So we have we have Joe Biden saying that any federal officers who go in there are operating. Let me just make sure I had his actual words are operating without a clearly defined mandate or authority. Here's the species girl, uh, Kaylee <laughs> McEnany, <laughs> a cute blonde who rips out men's spines with her tongue. Here she is describing the law that lets them do this. Cut 15.
1: What you're referring to is Portland and 40 U.S. Code 1315 gives DHS the ability to deputize officers in any department or agency like ICE, Custom and Border Patrol and Secret Service quote as officers and agents. They can be deputized for the duty of uh, in connection with the protection of property owned or occupied by the federal government and persons on that property. And when a federal courthouse is being lit on fire, commercial fireworks being shot at it, being shot at the officers, I think that that falls pretty well within uh, the limits of 40 U.S. Code
0: 1315. <laughs> they hate her. You know, it's hilarious. It's hilarious the attacks on Kaylee McEnany coming from the press. They actually attacked her for having tabs on her folders and for reading from notes, for having notes that she actually can look at. And she's so organized. And they're and they're so ignorant. They're so ignorant. They didn't know that. You know they they come up with these things you know what they I don't know if you've seen this uh, about the Portland moms I think I talked about this yesterday and I was just reading it in the news right Portland moms in yellow shirts uh showing up to defend the brave their brave children the protesters from the evil um the evil federal agents. Those moms, according to guys like Andy, I, I never know how to pronounce his name. I think it's Andy Ngo, uh, N-G-O is, is spelled, uh, and he's been covering this. He says he recognizes those moms as Antifa and BLM demonstrators who changed from their black shirts into yellow shirts for the photo op. So it's all a lie, and so is the lie, this incredible lie that these uh Federal officers are unidentified. You know uh, the the guy um, Mark Morgan, who's the acting Border Con- Patrol Commissioner. He talked about this. He says this is complete disinformation that they're not identifying themselves. Here he is. There has been a tremendous a tremendous amount of false information out there. I've seen news reporting after news reporting, tweet after tweet, saying, "quote uh, You know, unidentified, you know, mask stormtroopers." Again, I want to footstep on what the secretary said, it, it is offensive, offensive,
2: to refer to, refer to these dedicated uh, uh, men and women that are out there as law enforcement professionals to make that reference. It is disgusting, and it's also a lie. As we can see, we've shown you time and time again. So you saw you saw the uh, the, the markings uh, that Deputy Director Klein put out. I I wanted to to, to blow that up to show you. Our BORTAC agents, for example, this is the identification every single one of them has on their uniform, and this is a baseline.
0: He then holds up the vests they wear that just has police written in big letters on it. What they did cover up is they covered up the officers' names, although they left an identification tag so that uh, the department could see who, who they were. But they took away the names because they were threatening to dox them. They were threatening to say, oh, here's where this guy's family lives, and then go attack them there. And so they were protecting the officers, but the officers were identified. So now you've got you've got complete disinformation coming from the press. You've got the, the Democrats siding with chaos, What is the theory here? What is the theory here? What is How is this democracy? How is it democracy? If there is an area in your city that you pay taxes for that you can't enter because these thugs are there, how is that democracy? I don't understand. I do not understand how, what, who voted for them? Who voted to give them that part of the city? Who voted to allow Black Lives Matter murals to be painted on the streets of the city? Where is the democracy? What, you know, what, how did democracy and anarchy become synonyms? This is holding America hostage. It's exactly what it's doing. It's holding them hostage with terror. It'll all end... The minute if if Joe Biden is elected, not only will that end, so will the, the terror about the Chinese flu. This is an actual psyop that is being held by the our corrupt press and the Democrats that they're supporting. That is that's what's going on. And you're being held hostage. You're being held, made to feel afraid. You're being made to feel afraid and made to be silent. Right. Anybody who speaks up, especially if you're on these streets, if you speak up, you're in danger. You're being made to be afraid so that you will do what they want you to do. And don't. The polls are shifting. The polls are shifting right now in Trump's favor. There is a real chance he could pull this thing out and he will do it in spite of the terrorism that's being foisted on the country. All right. Let us talk about Ring. Speaking of security, Ring will help you protect your home. They have these great doorbells that you can access on your phone from anywhere. They have cameras. You can speak to anybody who comes to your door. You can see anybody who might come, especially while you got packages out there and you need to uh, you know, protect the packages and you want to see if anybody comes and takes them away. Even if you're in your house, right, because a lot of us aren't going out, even if you're in your house, what I love about these ring video doorbells is I can see around the perimeters of my house. I can look at my phone and see if anybody's out there, especially in the middle of the night when everybody else is asleep except me and the bad guys. I can look at my ring and see what's going on. If you go to Ring uh, to ring.com slash Clavin, you can get a special offer on the Ring Welcome Kit. This is their Ring Video Doorbell 3 and their Chime Pro, two of their best uh, products. It's all you need to start building custom security for your home today. Just go to ring.com slash Clavin. That's ring.com slash Clavin. You can even get smart lighting that brightens up blind spots and outdoor security cameras, all kinds of things at ring.com slash Clavin. But, that doesn't help you if you don't know how to spell Clavin. It's K-L-A-V-A-N,
2: <laughs> there are no easy
0: <laughs> So Trump versus terror, Trump versus being held hostage. I mean, that's really the choice. I, the, the, that's it. You know, Trump has got all kinds of flaws. I'm always saying I've always I've picked on him. I've talked about the things that I don't like about him. However, however, Trump has not violated. You know, every day in the New York Times on Knucklehead Row, their op-ed page, every day there is a an op-ed that just Begs the question, as I always say, just makes a statement that Trump is a threat to our democracy. I dare anyone to show me where he has threatened our democracy, really, where he has threatened my right to free speech, my right to free movement and anywhere where he has taken away uh, any of my constitutional rights or threatened them. The way it threatens me when the IRS uh, comes after me because I disagree or when the way it threatens me if the FBI investigates my political, uh, figures because they don't like them. That's the kind of thing that threatens my freedoms, but nothing Trump has done has threatened my freedom. So yesterday he comes out and he gives a really different kind of press conference on the Chinese flu. And I was really happy to see this. I have to tell you, you know, Whatever Trump does, it becomes a scandal, and it becomes a double scandal if he does something right. This is really important. Remember how he walked out to visit the vandalized St. John's Church across from the White House, and there was this great photo of him kind of striding out there with Bill Barr behind him, and Pompeo, I think, was in there, and he just looked like a boss, you know? he's looked like—immediately, I think the press saw that, and they— Panicked, and they immediately set up this completely false narrative that there had been tear gas in Lafayette Park where the protesters were, and the protesters had been peaceful. The feds, with their usual slow motion, finally released video showing that, no, the protesters had not been uh, peaceful and they were not tear gassed. They were pepper sprayed, I believe, but they weren't tear gassed and they were not peaceful. They were throwing things and doing what these crowds do. And they cleared them out so the president of the United States could walk to St. John's. And this was completely misreported because it was an actual moment where he looked and thought, ah, that guy looks kind of cool versus the guy in the basement, whatever his name is. Uh, he doesn't know. So why should I remember the guy in the basement, you know, with the cobwebs hiding behind his mask and it just made Trump look cool. So they had to do something about it. yesterday. Trump came out and gave a press conference about the Chinese flu, and it was different. It was different than those three-hour things he was doing before with the doctors around him. It was just him. He was reading off a page, and it was because because there is so much disinformation, and because he's kind, I think he's getting the message that he's got to be a leader. He has got to be a leader for the whole country, even as he does the most wonderful thing that he's done during, as far as I'm concerned, during the flu virus, which is let the states take care of themselves. He has support, and he, you know that. They're dopey enough so they don't keep pointing this out, that he has worked with the governors, but he hasn't imposed on the governors. And that has been a beautiful, beautiful thing. And he's only imposing now on the states because they're letting or cities because they're letting their cities uh, be taken over by these rioters. So the fact that he has maintained federalism during a crisis, which almost never happens, is one of his greatest achievements. But he doesn't point it out. But he comes out and he talks about the fact that vaccines are coming out. But he also says he's now striking. This is a new tone for him. And I think he needs a new tone. You know, he's he's been falling and sagging in the polls and he needs to come out and show that he can be a disciplined, uh, honest, straightforward leader. And he comes out and he says, look, it's things are spiking right now.
2: We are uh, in the process of developing a strategy that's going to be very, very powerful. We've developed them as we go along. Some areas of our country are doing very well. Others are doing less well. It will probably, unfortunately, get worse before it gets better. Something I don't like saying about things, but that's the way it is. It's the way, it's what we have. You look over the world, it's all over the world. And it tends to do that. So, you know, this this was important. So CNN immediately
0: cut away because they realized this is the kind of thing they do not want people to see. CNN's guys should just like do their entire newscast with their fingers in their ears, uh, whistling Dixie, although I guess you're not allowed to whistle Dixie anymore. So maybe they can find some other song to win. maybe the Internationale they can whisper while they've got their fingers in their ears so cuz they don't want they not only don't want to tell the truth, they don't want you to see the truth. They will actually cut it off. So I'm going to I'm going to let you know some of the stuff that Trump said that I think is important because I've as as I've said before because of the political of the news, it is almost impossible to get good news. And I think this is one of the things, this is an opportunity for Trump to simply come out and tell the direct numerological truth and, and that is really helpful to knowing what kinds of decisions you should make. He said, the median age of those who succumb to the China virus is 78 years old. I'm quoting him. Roughly half of all deaths have been individuals in nursing homes or in long-term care. In one study, 90% of those hospitalized had underlying medical conditions, whether it's heart or diabetes, but usually it's some kind of a condition. Uh, He says young adults may often have mild or even no symptoms. They won't even know they're sick. They won't even have any idea that they have a virus. They won't have any idea at all. And he did come out and concede that the masks, the studies seem to show that the masks are helping. uh, And this is what he said about that.
2: Young adults may often have mild or even no symptoms. They won't even know they're sick. They won't have any idea that they have a virus. They won't have any idea at all. America's youth will act responsibly. And we're asking everybody that when you are not able to socially distance, wear a mask, get a mask. Uh, Whether you like the mask or not, uh, they have an impact. They'll have an effect. And we need everything we can get.
0: You know, this is this is the thing as because we give you tomorrow's news today many, many weeks ago. I mean, for a long time, really, since this started. I said the reasonable thing to do is shut down for 15 days to make sure you don't overwhelm the hospital system then open with caution. And that really is what they should do, w- what we all should have done from the beginning. And instead what you got were governors dictating to people instead of doing uh, you know doing the smart thing and saying, look, these are the rules, this is what we should do. You know, I, I, if you go into a store, please wear a mask. Outdoors it's not the same things. So, you know, stay away from people. You know, these are simple things that you can do during a time when there is this disease going around. But he says our case fatality rate has continued to decline and is lower than the European Union. And by the way, this is really smart because they keep just like when they talk about racism, they cover America as if there's nowhere else on Earth, because if you compare America to anywhere else, it's better. If you compare racism in America to anywhere else on Earth, it's better. This is the least racist country the least racist country. And so when they're talking, whenever somebody says blank, blank, blank in America, I always think, whoa, whoa, what, you know, is it America or is it just everywhere? Right? So he says, our case fatality rate has continued to decline and is lower than the European Union and almost everywhere else in the world. If you watch American television, you'd think that the United States was the only country involved with and suffering from the China virus. Well, the world is suffering very badly. But the fact is that many countries are suffering very, very, very badly. And they've been suffering from this virus for a long time. So why why do we hear things this way? Well, Kaylee McEnany, the uh, species girl, she actually <laughs> explain, explains this to you. Cut 11.
1: In many cases, the media has tried to scare the American people. I think um, there's been a deficit in reporting about the cost of staying shut down, for instance, when you have uh, the fact that the American Cancer Society saying that during the pandemic, we saw an 80 percent drop in cancer cases being identified. There are real costs uh, to a draconian extended shutdown. And you never heard the other side of the health equation. You never heard uh, that mammograms were down by 87 percent and colonoscopies down by 90 percent and drug overdose. Is going up month after month through the lockdowns.
0: So this is the stuff that they should be doing and should have been doing all along, and it is really good to see it. Let's compare that to Pelosi cut twelve.
2: Clearly, it is the Trump
0: virus. Well, what do you mean when you say the Trump virus? The Trump
1: so- virus. If they, if he had said oh, months ago, let's wear masks, let's not, let's socially distance instead of having rallies and political whatever they were. Uh,
0: then more people would have followed his lead as the president of the United States. So what you're saying is that uh, thousands of Americans have died because of what the president has done or not done. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I think it's clearly evident. So when you compare what Trump is doing, which is now giving information to what this clown, this you know lady is <laughs> is doing, that's the choice. That's the choice you have. You don't have the choice between Trump and somebody else and Abraham Lincoln. You have the choice between Trump and these people who are letting the cities fall apart and who are basically using a pandemic to play politics with the American people. It is a very, very clear choice they've put before us. And if Trump can capitalize on it, He's going to have four more years as president of the United States. All right. Let us talk about rockauto.com. Why? Because we love to say rockauto.com. And not only do we love to say it, it is incredibly good service if you need parts for your car. If you don't need parts for your car, go somewhere else. But if you need parts for your car, go to rockauto.com because not only do you get to say rockauto.com, you will get the best parts at the lowest price. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices. You prefer amazing selection and reliably low prices and much, much better than driving to the auto parts store and have the person there who knows just as much as you do go on their computer computer And get you the parts. You don't need that. Go to RockAuto.com instead, and say RockAuto.com, and see all the parts available for your car, or truck. Write Clavin in there. How did you hear about us? Box so they know we sent you. And I want you to say Clavin the same way. Clavin. I want you to say. And remember, it's spelled K-L-A-V-A-N. There no, no <laughs> I just make it look easy. Go get Ben's book. Ben Shapiro's book is How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps. It is almost prophetic of what of what is going on right now. The book covers two fundamentally different visions of America. One vision is unifying and finds our unity in shared philosophy, culture, and history. The other disintegrates our country in the name of fundamental change. How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps details how this alternate worldview has gained so much cultural ground so quickly. You can pick it up on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble right now. And... The mailbag is coming up. That's a good reason to subscribe to DailyWire.com so you can have all... Oh, yeah! That's what you want to... You want to walk down the street sounding like that. You'll be wearing a mask. Oh! But still, you'll be happy because all your problems will be solved. If you can't afford all access, I will be on tonight the all access for your all access people who are generous with your money, who understand that we need your support and who are willing to do that. You cheap people who are feeding your children and paying your mortgage. You can get a reader's pass. A reader's pass will still get you all our material that you love. It will get you on the the mobile app. And it's only three dollars a month. Ninety nine cents. For the first month, you get push notifications of breaking news and special content. Plus, you can join the community of Daily Wire members who are actively commenting and discussing our content with each other. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe and join today. Like I said, all access tonight at 5, yeah, 5 in California, 8 Eastern time and the mailbag coming right up. All right, mailbag. Meow! No! <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> it's like, it's like one of those old Tarzan movies. Uh, all right, I, you know, every time I do the mailbag now, I tell you that you can send in a minute long video question. And I always promise that I will give non video questions the same uh, attention that I give video questions, which I do. But I have to say, there were a lot of good video questions today. Uh, so let's start with one from Matt. Hey, Clavin. It's Matt from Salt Lake City. So my question is on prayer. Let's say you're wanting to get promoted at work. So you're praying about it, and then we're taught to work in harmony with our prayers. So uh, you're working hard. You're trying to impress your boss, and you eventually get it. Is that because you are blessed by God, or because it was self-fulfilling prophecy? Like you worked in harmony with your prayer, and so you got it. Like wh- where did who gets the credit for that? And if you don't get it, is that because, well, it wasn't in God's will, it just wasn't in the cards? And if that's
1: the case, then then what's the point in praying? Really, either way, what's the point in praying? I'm trying to understand the logic of it. So if God's going to do what God's going to do, then why are we praying for His direction? We might as well just work in harmony with with what we want to get done, and then reap what we earn, and go from there. Thanks.
0: Excellent question. Uh here's my my personal take on this. I think the mistake you're making is you're trying to see the world from God's point of view. I think a lot of bad theology develops from this. A lot of oppressive theology develops from this is trying to think what God is seeing. You can't do it. You're talking about uh, you're talking about a consciousness, a person, uh, God who lives outside of time. You cannot even imagine what that looks like. Everything we know takes place in time. Everything we know takes place in a world where we live, we're born, we die, we die. where there's cause and effect, right? You're talking about cause and effect. Do my prayers cause this uh, or does God cause it? Is, if it's God, did he do it before I prayed? Would he do it after I prayed? But there is no before or after to God. There is no cause and effect to God. Everything, all time, is, I don't even want to use the word simultaneous because that's a time word, but the fact is we cannot get our mind into the place where God is operating. We do know, we do know that prayer has an effect. And one effect that it has is it has an effect on us. It, it tell it informs us. It informs us of our of the best way for us to go forward and it poses it puts us in a position where we pose to ourselves a question, what does God want me to make of this? So for instance, if you don't pray and you don't get something, you think like, well maybe I should have prayed, right? But if you have prayed for it, you know that God has heard your prayer, you know that all pray if you have faith, you know that all prayers are answered in one way or another. If you didn't get what you want, then you have to ask yourself, well, what does God want me to make of this situation? I didn't get that raise. I didn't get that promotion. What does God want me to make of that situation? Live your life that way, and you will be amazed. You will be amazed at how much your prayer life starts to make sense to you. If you try and think of the world from God's point of view you're comp- you're just not going to be able to do it. You just have not got that mind. But if you think of the world as op- as God operating in your life, then you will start to understand how he's operating in your life. And it starts to become very clear. It starts to become weirdly clear. I was talking to a friend the other day, as he said, it's amazing how every time it becomes clear that God is working in your life, you suddenly say to yourself, oh my God, it's all real. It's real. He's really doing that. And it, it, you have to be reminded every single time. So stop worrying about what God's doing and worry about what you're supposed to do for God, because that's the question you can answer. And you can't answer the question of how God is operating outside of time. I hope that's helpful. That's the way I look at it. I think there are just some things I, I don't know. Um, from Giovanna, uh, Andrew Lord Clavin, master of the multiverse. That is my, that's my entire business card, actually. If history repeats itself, what portion of history are we seeing play out right now? The French Revolution, the Civil War era, rise of the Soviet Union. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Thank you for all you do. Thank you, uh, Giovanna. Um, you know, my guess, my feeling is, you know, history doesn't exactly repeat itself. What happens is cycles repeat themselves, cycles in history. And they take place. It's almost like a spiral. They take place at different levels. Uh, they are not. They don't always fit together. So there are two times that this reminds me of very, very much. Uh, one is, The Gracchi period in Rome, the Roman Republic, when the Senate started to get uh, kind of bunged up and was not being able to respond to new demands from the lower orders and the lower orders were beginning to become violent uh, and and leaders were beginning to put themselves uh, at the at the. Um, behest of the violence of the lower orders and there were these clashes there were, there were killings in the Senate there were all kinds of terrible things that started to happen and that was the time, it took about 100 years for the republic to decline into into civil war and finally stop being a republic and become an empire and this does remind me of that, uh, that doesn't mean that's the way it has to go, if you go back in our shows you can find me talking uh, to my son Spencer about this, he did a show on it in his podcast, The Young Heretics um, that, that this is very similar to the Gracchi Period when these leaders—they were called the—they were the brothers, I think—the Gracchi's, or it was a family—the the, the Gracchi's—and um, they. And, and the thing was that the not only were the upper classes kind of stagnant and not realizing that changes needed to be made, but the lower uh, classes were violent and basically unreasonable in the changes they wanted made, and so that there was no way for anybody to compromise, and it devolved into uh, violent the kind of violence we're seeing right now. It doesn't mean it has to go that way. But another time it reminds me of is it reminds me of the period at the, when the 17th century became the 18th century in England. Um, and that was also a period... At the start of empire, that was a period when there were revolutionary people with revolutionary ideas. The French Revolution had inspired all of Europe, and then became a bloodbath, and then became a world war. People forget the French Revolution led to a world war, uh, led by Napoleon on the French side, and so they saw that ra- radical politics didn't work but there still were changes that had to be made and there were radical struggles in britain there was radical oppression from the conservative side sometimes and there was radical uh, violence from the uh, from the radical side but eventually it did resolve itself into a great moment in history which was the victorian era which was the great moment of the british empire it was a great moment for science it was a great moment for exploration it was a great moment for literature uh, it was really one of the high points of human history i think the victorian era in england always with sin and flaws and the world being the world. As I've been saying all week, all that was true. But it was really one of the great moments, cultural achievements of humankind, the Victorian era. And it resolved out of this clash between radical factions on the one side and uh, uh, Republicans, conservatives trying to maintain the old traditions on the other. And they kind of found a way forward where they had this period of incredible um sexual propriety on the one hand human propriety on the one hand but also continual reform continual political reform, dealing with the things that had become obsolete and sclerotic and had to be changed. So there are different ways of going forward, and uh, Rome lost its republic, uh, but Britain found its empire, and and Rome was already a, basically a, a, an empire, but it lost its republic at home. The British did not lose their republic, they didn't, they, the monarchy became less and less powerful during the Victoria era, and the government became more and more powerful, and they had one of the great hundred years in human history. So it reminds me of both of those times, a time of great change, when cons- conservatives uh, are not really uh, holding on to the aren't really uh, being innovative about keeping the culture alive. And radicals are just trying to tear everything down. Uh, And that's a time of decadence, but it doesn't mean that a great time can't come out of it. Uh, Let's listen to the video from uh, Veronica.
3: Hey Andrew, it's Veronica. You're looking very handsome today. So I have a question about how to be in the world and not of the world. Growing up, I always defined myself by my faith. I saw myself as a Christian first and as my parents' child second. But going to college and being out and about um, as I've gotten older, there's been a lot of pressure to define myself by my race or my sex. And I don't want to fall into that trap of being a hyphenated Christian, where I'm a black Christian or a female Christian. Um, so I'm struggling to maintain the balance of having the correct focus while still being effective in the world. So I'd love your advice on that. Thank you for everything you do. I really appreciate you. I found you a couple years ago when I was in a very dark place in life and you have just brought me so much encouragement and joy and you've been a light in my life. So Thank you, and I'm praying for you. Have a good day.
0: Well, uh, Veronica, thank you so much for letting me know that. Truly, it really means uh, the, it means the world to me. I can't tell you, and as do your prayers. You know, when I was uh, younger, I mean, I mean, obviously, no two people's um, experiences the same. But here's something that happened to me that I think is actually relevant. Um, you know, I, I grew up a Jew in uh, the '60s, and kind of came to the feeling that no, I did not identify as Jew. And now I've, I've I would never, ever then or now define. Def- uh, deny my Jewish heritage or my Jewish uh, racial, you know, insofar as I'm an Ashkenazi Jewish uh, Jew racially. uh, But I began to realize that this was not my philosophy of life. And I remember a lot of people, including my father, saying to me, well, you know, it doesn't matter because the people who hate you are still going to call you a Jew. And I said to them then, and I would say it to them now, why should I allow the people who hate me to define me? Why should I allow them to get to say who I am? You are one thing. You are what God sees. And, you know, it's interesting when I I looked at you and you were so kind to say that I'm looking very handsome. The first thing I thought was, wow, you know, there's a really attractive lady and noticed how the kindness in your eyes. That was the first thing that came into my mind when I turned on the video. I think that those are the things that God sees, not maybe that you're a very attractive lady, but he sees your inner life. He sees who you are as this entire human being. Now, part of that is going to be the way you've been treated, but the people who treat you in a bad way or even in a good way don't get to define you. Only God gets to define you. Only God gets to define you. And every day you should be asking God who you are. Who do you think he he sees? I mean, do you think he sees a black Christian or a female Christian, or does he see his child who he died to, to save and to bring uh, to peace and to bring into it et- eternal life, not when you die, but now. He wants you living an eternal life now. And to live an eternal life is to live in the world and to walk through the world with love, but also uh, to not be of the world, to not participate in the things that people do that they think are going to get them, um, you know, momentary advantage over the next guy. They're going to get this or they're going to get that or they're going to win this or win that. And it doesn't matter if I set this guy's house on fire because I'm doing it for justice. And it doesn't matter if I treat this person like garbage because he doesn't agree with me. Those are all the things. Or and, and I have to uh, put myself forward as a, as a certain race, as a limited race. I mean, I am what I believe and I am what I do. And I am who God sees that's, and that's who I am. And I think that's who you are. There are plenty of people every single day. I mean, I get this cause I do this. So I do what I'm doing. There are plenty of people who try to define me every single day. And I, no matter what I say, there's some crazy guy on social media saying, well, you're just saying that's because of that. And you're just doing this because of that. If I even respond to that, I'm accepting that as legitimate. And I don't, I do what I'm going to do. And I think that, uh, you know, the, to me, the example is, is Christ standing before his accusers uh, who are calling him this and they're calling him that and he just stays silent and does what he is there to do. And I think that that's what you've got to do. Just, you know, you you invest. When I started the show, I was talking about the fact that Jesus said he's never going to make the world a better place. But he did say that you have to love your neighbor and love God. Those are two different things. It doesn't mean when you love your neighbor, that neighbor's going to become a good person. He never says that. He never says your neighbor will become a good person when you love him. Never says it. He, He never says, oh, this will make the world a better place. What he says is it will make you, put you in line with God. It will make, it will teach you. He says, He says, love people and forgive people so you will be like your father in heaven. Love even those who hate you and you will be like your father in heaven who loves even those who hate them. That's all you need to know. That's who you need to know about, what you need to know about Veronica. That's who Veronica is. And I can see it in your eyes. I can see you have that in you. And I can see you're living uh, that life, you know, with. Yeah, like everybody else, you know, all the anxieties, all the miseries of life, all the tragedy of life is, is in you and the turmoil and all that stuff. But I can see also there is that desire to line up, to align yourself with the person that God made. And, and believe me, believe me, the last thing. God was thinking about is how, you know, whether you define yourself by your race or by the way people want you. He's thinking, you know, define yourself the way I made you, what I made you to be. I know every day that I am less than what God made me to be. Every single day I know that, and it's painful to me. It's painful to me even to think about it, that I'm less than what God made me to be. But I know if I'm following the star, if I'm following Christ, I know that I'm moving into that person, kind of like this little shriveled guy getting bigger and bigger into this thing that God made. That's how you define yourself. And there is no other way to it. And no one else, no one else gets to, to define you um, except for God. Even you don't get to define you. The only God gets to define you. Oh, my gosh, I'm out of time already. Jeez. <laughs> is, it the, is it me? Do I, am I just running on? I got to stop. But I, I'll be back again tomorrow. You can come back and find out, did your life change for the better? We will find out tomorrow. At least you will. If it didn't, don't tell me. I can't stand it. I'm Andrew Claven. This is The Andrew Claven Show. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Assistant director is Pavel Wadowski. Edited by Danny D'Amico. Audio mixed by Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, or head and makeup, by Nika Geneva. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. Production assistants, McKenna Waters and Ryan Love. The Andrew Claven Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire, 2020.
2: You know, the Matt Wall Show